0: chapter 13 of peggy raymond's school days or old girls and new by harriet lemus smith this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter 13 the whole truth the friendly terrace girls all four of them took genevieve alden's humiliation very much to heart while she was only arrogant and ill-bred and bent on impressing everybody with her claims to social distinction They had as little to do with her as possible. But now that her pretenses had been shattered, and her claims to superiority so ruthlessly exposed, she appealed to their generous sympathies. On the afternoon, following Addie Dwight's vindictive disclosure, a meeting was held at the home of Amy Lassell to plan measures for aiding Adie's victim. "'I always detested Genevieve,' owned Amy, whose good-natured face suggested a certain exaggeration in the emphatic verb, but now i feel as if she were one of my best friends i'm so sorry for her that i almost love her priscilla admitted that she could not go as far as that but at the same time we have to be nice to her it's a good chance to show her that people aren't so much interested in her ancestors as in what she is herself we'll have to be nice to her peggy agreed but we must be careful how we go about it because genevieve's just the sort of girl to suspect that you're sorry for her and be awfully angry just how to be friendly and helpful to the disillusioned sophomore without tactlessly overdoing it was a problem requiring careful deliberation the impromptu congress remained in session the better part of an hour and a half but showed its superiority to many deliberative bodies by deciding on a definite programme as amy had known genevieve longer than any of the others it was settled that to amy should be entrusted the delicate diplomacy the case required amy was to join genevieve as a luncheon hour next day and casually suggest a visit to the skating rink after school if genevieve fell in with the plan the other terrace girls would also attend and would encounter amy and her companion with convincing indications of pleased surprise there was to be no singling genevieve out for marked attentions she was simply to be admitted to the charm circle of their friendly intimacy as a matter of course any little plan for further diversion suggested during the afternoon would naturally include genevieve and so without any offensive evidences of sympathy they would demonstrate their indifference to the revelation which genevieve herself had found so overwhelming when the girls scattered each carried away a comforting sense of having found a solution to a perplexing problem but the carefully laid plans for genevieve's benefit did not materialize for the reason that genevieve did not come to school the next day the project would have worked as well the following afternoon but on that day too genevieve failed to appear and when on friday morning the object of their friendly solicitude was still absent a gloom shadowed the spirits of the quartet as was evident when they met for luncheon. "'It must be that she'll come back,' insisted Peggy, sipping her chocolate with a worried air which belied her cheerful prophecy. "'It can't be that a girl would give up getting an education for such a silly thing as this!' "'Perhaps she'll go to a private school again,' said Ruth, who each day saw new difficulties in the campaign in Genevieve's behalf, and was rather relieved at the idea that it would not be necessary.' it would have to be a different school from the one she attended before remarked amy all those girls were descended from george washington or alexander hamilton or else their relations had married into the european nobility poor genevieve couldn't hold her head up in that set now addie dwight paused by their table addie's cheeks were flushed and her mouth was hard every day that week addie had told herself that she didn't care what peggy raymond or that terrace crowd thought about her Even as she addressed them, she knew that her repeated assurances were untrue. "'When's Genevieve Alden coming back? Any of you know?' "'No,' said Amy, answering for the others. She showed no disposition to add to the monosyllable, and after a minute Addie explained, somewhat defiantly, "'There are two themes of hers waiting for her in the English class. Miss Ashley asked about her this morning.' "'I imagine she'll be back the first of the week,' said Peggy politely.' No one showed any desire to prolong the conversation, but Addie did not move on. The things she had done exercised a weird fascination over her. She was like a moth, unable to keep away from the candle which is presently to singe its wings. Some of the girls act as if it was a dreadful thing for me to have said what I did to Genevieve, Addie continued. She had the unreasonable feeling that it was necessary to force these four silent girls either to champion her act, or else denounce it i just told her the truth and as long as a thing is the truth i don't see that anybody can find fault peggy flushed hotly why Addie dwight she exclaimed speaking the first thought that flashed into her head it seems to me that a kind-hearted fib that you tell to spare somebody's feelings is any amount better than truth of that kind even the loyal terrace girls looked taken aback by this bit of heresy Addie Dwight gasped, then rallied. I must say, Peggy Raymond, that's a queer way for you to talk, such a model as you always set up to be. Peggy did not take the trouble to defend herself against the charge of priggishness. She realized that Addie's anger was not altogether unreasonable. With her inconvenient propensity for seeing both sides of the case, Peggy could not lose sight of the fact that Genevieve's arrogance had been a partial justification for Addie's brutal bluntness. And yet, She stuck to her point. I don't mean that I don't believe in telling the truth, Addie, she said with disarming gentleness. Only I do think that unkindness is worse than lots of falsehood. Again, Addie gasped. Then she walked away, holding her head with a stiffness intended to convey the impression of dignity and indifference to all criticism. The hateful thing exclaimed Priscilla, her eyes flashing as she looked after the retreating figure how dare she talk about your setting up to be a model from priscilla's air of excitement one would have supposed that to be a model was the most objectionable thing imaginable Addie knows she's been in the wrong about this said amy wisely and that makes her as sore as a crab don't you know how when you've been downright mean about something you always feel like calling everybody names peggy was thinking of genevieve not of Addie's attempts to be disagreeable see here girls she exclaimed wouldn't it be a good idea for two of us to take genevieve's themes to her as long as none of us have ever set foot in her house it would look a little pronounced to go without any excuse the idea was received with favor if without enthusiasm that means me i suppose said amy resignedly as long as i am one of genevieve's bosom friends who's going along with me i should say ruth peggy suggested judicially and Priscilla nodded approval, but Ruth's countenance expressed disagreement. "'Oh, please, girls, don't make me go. I shan't know how to act. I never said more than good morning to Genevieve Olden.' "'Leave Amy to do the talking,' advised Priscilla. "'And anyway, you're not expected to say anything about what happened. The more you can act as if it were an everyday occasion, the better it will be.' i can't imagine an everyday occasion that would drag me inside that girl's house ruth said with feeling but resigned herself to the inevitable and then having disposed of their luncheon with less than their usual relish the four girls gloomily left the little round table and went upstairs ruth was rather hopeful that some one of her teachers might wish to detain her after school she would willingly have failed in a recitation for the sake of getting out of her engagement with amy she even assumed a pensive far-away expression which she had found useful when she had learned the first part of her lesson and not the last and wished to be called on early almost always the teacher assumed that she was not paying attention and would break off the recitation in progress with the welcome words miss wiley may continue and then with a little start ruth would come to herself and as if by magic pick up the thread of the interrupted recitation and continue it in a most edifying manner possibly ruth had tried this device too often for on this particular afternoon though she had every appearance of being lost in daydreams she was not once called on to recite and as a result at the close of the school she found herself headed in the direction of mr alden's handsome home amy by her side with Genevieve's two themes ostentatiously displayed like tickets of admission the maid who answered their ring apparently did not know whether Genevieve was at home or not but held the door wide for them to enter she showed the way into a large and over-furnished drawing room and then proffered a card receiver ruth blushed distressfully not for the world would she have allowed this trim white-capped person to suspect that she had never risen to the dignity of a calling card she could not sufficiently admire the readiness with which amy explained we've just come from school and we have our cards with us please say that-that two of miss genevieve's schoolmates are here the girls exchanged glances when the formidable maid left them to themselves amy's grimace meant didn't i do well and ruth's faint smile expressed her entire agreement Then they straightened themselves, for the stairs creaked under the weight of someone evidently not the light-footed maid. Apparently Genevieve was at home. But it was not Genevieve who entered the drawing-room a minute later, but a fleshy lady in black satin, whose plump face betokened anxiety and apprehension. She looked from one to the other without a word of greeting, though the omission seemed due to an engrossing interest, rather than any intention of incivility. Is... "'Is either of you named Dwight?' "'I should hope not,' Amy exclaimed, astonished into perfect naturalness. And Ruth, too, murmured something in the nature of a disclaimer. "'Well, I'm sure I'm relieved,' said Mrs. Alden, and she dropped into a chair beside them. "'I didn't know what that awful girl might be capable of.' She suddenly put her handkerchief to her eyes. "'She's upset everything,' she explained, with something like a sob. It was a shame, Amy agreed. Mrs. Alden's impulsive confidence had the effect of making her feel perfectly at ease. But Genevieve's foolish to take it to heart. Take it to heart, repeated Mrs. Alden tragically. Why, my dear, do you know? She hasn't been out of her room since that dreadful day. Do you mean she's sick? The doctor thinks it's only the shock, but the poor man is at a dreadful disadvantage, for she won't speak to him when he comes won't speak to him dear me murmured amy sympathetically though if the truth be told her sympathy at this juncture was for the doctor rather than for genevieve she won't speak to any of us she won't eat or at least hardly anything oh my dear said mrs alden crying quite frankly into her lace embroidered handkerchief i really don't know what the end is going to be the plump heavily-ringed hand nearest amy being unoccupied amy ventured to express her sympathy by giving it a gentle pat mrs alden wiped her eyes and showed her appreciation by a watery smile you are a very dear girl are you one of genevieve's special friends in school i imagine i've known her longer than any one else replied amy finding it difficult to explain that in the girls high school genevieve was without friends special or otherwise "'I'm Amy Lassell, and this is Ruth Wiley. We came especially to bring some of Genevieve's themes, and to find out if she were sick. But, of course, if she's feeling so bad, we won't disturb her.' Mrs. Alden seized Amy's hand in both of hers. Her pleasant face was suddenly luminous. "'My dear,' she exclaimed, "'you must see her. I'm sure that's what she needs—a glimpse of bright, friendly young faces.' Her troubled eyes included Ruth in the classification, and Ruth, who was conscious of looking extremely downcast and woe-begone, made a valiant effort to smile. Just as you think best, said Amy hesitatingly. She was not particularly anxious for an interview with Genevieve under the circumstances, but she did not intend to shirk any chance to discharge the responsibility her friends had assigned her. Yielding to the persuasive pressure of Mrs. Alden's hand, Amy rose, and Ruth, too, stood up, mastering a cowardly impulse to suggest her remaining downstairs during the interview. Genevieve's room was large and handsomely furnished, but the eyes of the visitors fixed themselves on the bed, where lay a girlish figure looking straight at the wall. It was a curiously motionless figure. Not a ripple of the bed-covering indicated that Genevieve had heard the sound of feet in the hall. "'Deary,' said Mrs. Alden, hesitating in the doorway, Here are two of your school friends to see you. Genevieve did not answer nor move. There was something so unnatural in her rigid stillness that the girls felt most uncomfortable. Perhaps, Amy whispered in Mrs. Alden's ear, perhaps she is asleep. Apparently Mrs. Alden did not share her opinion. Just sit down, she said, pulling forward chairs for the two girls, and please excuse me, as I have some little matters to attend to she left the room hastily casting a backward glance at the figure on the bed an embarrassing silence followed which the girls improved by the exchange of interrogative glances each was mutely inquiring whether it would be better to wait for genevieve to recognize their existence or to address some remark to that irresponsive back with a thrill almost of horror ruth saw amy excited dive for her handkerchief it flashed upon her that Amy's sense of humor had proved too much for her self-control. The situation was absurd enough, even to one whose risibilities were less keen than Amy's. If she laughs, thought Ruth, turning cold with apprehension, I shall laugh too. I just can't help it. Kerchu! The sound was like an explosion in the deathly stillness of the room. Ruth jumped. Genevieve's bed creaked violently giving the first evidence that its occupant was to be numbered among the living. ka cried Amy again, even more emphatically than before, and poor Ruth lost her self-control in an agonized titter. Had it been perfectly permissible to laugh, that titter would have satisfied her. But now her throat swelled with hysterical merriment, and sobs of laughter struggled to her lips, despite her efforts to keep them back. "'Oh, mercy!' exclaimed amy beginning to laugh too and interrupted herself by the third sneeze the most ear-splitting of all and then the two girls laughed helplessly till the tears rolled down their cheeks when their inane merriment had died down to exhausted giggles genevieve had turned over in bed and was staring at them with astonished eyes i really hope you'll excuse us said amy wiping away her tears i never could learn to sneeze quietly the effect is very much like dropping bombs Hope I didn't frighten you. The interrogative conclusion was addressed pointedly to Genevieve, who blinked. No, she said in a flat voice. I wasn't frightened. We brought over two of your themes, continued Amy in as matter of fact a tone as if the call had had a less extraordinary opening. Miss Ashley didn't know what had happened to you. Did you catch cold? No, said Genevieve in the same lifeless voice. I haven't any cold. Your mother said, Amy was beginning when Genevieve checked her. Don't, she said, holding up her hand. An extraordinary spasm crossed her face, and Amy paused, bewildered. Don't call her my mother. She's not, and I won't ever forgive her. Amy sat very straight in her chair. She bore only a slight resemblance to the girl who had been laughing so senselessly five minutes before. Not forgive her. I don't know what you're talking about. She deceived me. Genevieve's look shook hysterically. She let me grow up thinking all sorts of things. I'll never forgive her. Amy's face reddened as sharply as if it had been slapped. It was one of the contradictions of her amiable disposition that when she did lose her temper, she lost it completely, and with startling suddenness. I never did believe in, what do you call it, heredity, said Amy, speaking with a deliberation that belied the trembling of her hands. But if there's anything in it, Your parents, Genevieve, must have been perfect monsters of ingratitude. Amy, remonstrated the horrified Ruth. Genevieve only gasped. But it would have taken something more strenuous to have checked Amy now that she was started. Mrs. Alden took you when you were a poor little homeless baby, continued Amy, glaring at the recumbent figure on the bed. And she gave you a lovely home and everything a girl could want, and her love, too and because she didn't tell you to start with that you didn't have the shadow of a right to any of these things, now you turn against her. I never heard of anything so contemptible. Amy Lasso, you mustn't! Ruth sprang to her friend's side, seizing her arm in a vain attempt to put a stop to this impassioned eloquence. But the usually moderate Amy only shook her off. You ought to see now, Genevieve, that you've got to stand on your own feet, you can't put on airs about your ancestors for you don't know who they were if people like you it will be for yourself and when i hear you insulting your mother it seems to me you're making about as bad a start as you could if you're ever going to have any friends that is amy had come to the end of what she wanted to say she stood up her manner challenging and her cheeks aflame genevieve lay staring like a person in a trance her face was as blank as a freshly sponged blackboard good-bye genevieve said amy with dignity i hope we'll see you at school monday and that you will have decided to act like a civilized human being oh amy do hush said poor ruth good-bye genevieve she dared not look again at their recumbent hostess tightening her clutch on amy's arm she dragged her away in the hall below they encountered mrs alden apparently the important duty which had called her away from her daughter's room consisted in rolling her lace-edged handkerchief into a tight little ball and unrolling it again. "'How did she seem?' asked the good lady, looking anxiously from one to the other of the flushed faces. "'Did you get her to talk?' "'She—well, she said a few things,' Amy temporized. "'But I did most of the talking.' "'I thought I heard you laughing,' said Mrs. Alden, hopefully. "'Yes, we laughed,' owned Amy, with a painful smile. "'When you get three girls together, somebody's pretty sure to laugh, you know.' i wish you'd stayed longer mrs alden followed them to the door her manner indicating plainly her reluctance to part with such valuable allies i just knew you would do her good i think genevieve has had as much of us as she could stand for today. returned amy with perfect truthfulness Goodbye, mrs alden what did you say oh i'm not quite sure when we can come again you see we're juniors and frightfully busy once outside they did not look at each other immediately without speaking they walked to the end of the block and then ruth broke the tense silence well we've made a fizzle of things first that dreadful laughing and then oh amy how could you have talked that way to her we'll never dare let peggy know amy's tempestuous indignation was already past. she was her usual good-humoured self she looked at ruth with reprehensible composure listen to me ruthie said amy sagely "'Of course, we all believe in telling the truth, and nothing but the truth, and there are occasions—not very many of them, I admit—but still occasions when it's necessary to tell the whole truth. I'm glad to have it off my mind, and I don't believe it hurt Genevieve a bit to hear how she seems to other people.' And when Genevieve appeared at school the following Monday, rather pale and preoccupied, and yet more than ordinarily responsive to friendly advances, Ruth was inclined to believe— that Amy was right. End of chapter 13